You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. All right, I'm going to ask our Honduras team to come up at this time. And uh, while they're coming up, let me get my guitar on because we're going to do uh, some songs in Spanish. I also want to read something uh, to you from uh, Carmen, um, who is uh, our primary translator. I got permission from Byron to use his guitar. It's made for someone slightly smaller than me. Okay. All right, we're gonna do some Spanish songs. Whoop. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna do some Rico with count off. Uno. All right, what we, what we do is every time we got in a car, in a van, or in a vehicle, we attempted to do a count-off to make sure everybody was present, and very rarely was it successful. Number seven. Uh, <laughs> number seven had issues. Who's number seven? <laughs> He's like, huh, what, huh, what? <laughs> All right, so let me, let me read something to you from Carmen. She, is our, uh, she was our trip coordinator on our connection in Honduras, and this is what she uh, says to our church and to us is, as you're flying back home, we, Emil and I, want to thank you for your love for our country and our people. Thank you for every single thing you did in Casa David, Casa David, uh, every person you prayed for and every song, devotion, and testimony shared for the donations given and the hard uh, work put in storage areas, kitchen, and painting. Uh, it has been such a uh, so much a blessing. Thank you. Loving Lepetarique has been amazing, too. That's the village we went to. Every single person has been blessed by you all. All the hard work at church and all the bus rides to each village was pure blessing for all who received God's love through you. Thank you for all who prayed, that's you guys. Those who supported financially, that's you guys. With all the donations for this trip, that's you guys, to take place. Thank you, Ted uh, Blair, for allowing your church to serve with us. God bless you and your family and all living way for all you did this week with love. Um, Zun... I've never pronounced her, her middle name, uh, the Valadas family, uh, Emil and uh, Carmen. So we just love them, and we have a great relationship with them. We look forward to come, going back again. All right. Hey, we're going to do a song that uh, we have done here in the past, and it's a song that we did at every village, and it's, uh, it's real simple. Jesus loves me. All right. But uh, maybe you've never heard it quite like this. All right. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask you guys to participate. So if you're able to, uh, stand up with us if you're able to. If you're not able, then just chill, relax. This does include the balcony if you're able to. All right. Here's how it works. We're going to say it in Spanish, and you're going to echo it. Just in case you don't know what the words are, it's Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. It translates just a little bit different. And then there's a part where we go, he's the best. And in English, it's J-E-S-U-S, but we're going to do it in Spanish. And the translation of that is si Jesucristo. It fits a little better. So um, do your best to say it in Spanish. They're going to help you out. And there's a couple up here that are going to help me sing it in, in Spanish. You're going to, like, for instance, go, Cristo me ama. Bien lo sé. Bien lo sé. 
Okay? And then, and then when we get to he's the best, it'll go, El es el mejor, el es el mejor. And we'll go, see, si, Jesus Christ, we're all going to go, huh. All right? So on the count of three, let's all go, huh. One, two, three. Huh. Some of you did very well. Other of you, uh, not so well, and some of you didn't even try. So let's try one more time. One, two, three. Huh. All right. By the way, we didn't just do this for the kids. We did this for the grown-ups. And uh, the grown-ups in these Spanish churches, they were totally digging this. It was not in the musical style, but they were loving it. So I think you mature grown-ups can handle this here, too. We're going to have a contest. Um, the guys against the girls, all right? We do this in every village. So we're going to have the girls uh, go first, and then the guys are going to go second. And we're going to see who can be the loudest. All right? Yeah. <laughs> See, the, I have the girls go first because then it tells the guys what we're up against. So. It gives us an advantage, and I'm leaving. So. All right, whenever you're ready. Christian's going to lead this. Here we go. Guys, we can totally beat that. All right. If you're not too cool to sing along, man, let's. I totally know we got this. All right. We only have four guys on our whole mission team, so imagine everywhere we went, the four of us trying to beat the girls. Let's just say the girls won in almost every village. Here we go, guys. Kind of good. I, I mean, I, who do you? What do you think, guys and the girls? 
If you think the guys won, make some noise. If you think the girls won, make some noise. I think the girls, I think the girls won again. All right, we're going to sing uh, one more song. But before we do, we're going to introduce ourselves. So we're going to start over there. And uh, we're going to do it in English because we, uh, unless you want to do it in Spanish, you're more than welcome to. Uh, so we'll start over there with you. English or Spanish, your choice. Hola, me llamo uh, Pastor. Hola, me llamo Hola, me llamo Woo! And together we're wild stallions. All right. All right. So we're going to sing uh, a song in Spanish that uh, I hope that you guys have memorized by now. It's Quien Dices Que Soy. I have a couple extra. Would you guys like a sheet? We usually have song books. Here we got one for down there. I got one extra. All right. You can look in here too. Uh, you can go ahead and have a seat. Uh, when we went to the villages, uh, you saw maybe in the video we did. Um, we sang everywhere we went. Uh, we did we did music whether it was in a, an outside on a mountaintop or on a uh, under a porch in a village house or in churches. Uh, we would sing songs like that last one. We would also sing a couple of English praise songs. We'd also sing uh, combination worship in uh, in English and Spanish. But this is one that we did all in Spanish, and I'm sure you'll recognize it. It's who you say I am, but it's in Spanish, and and uh, we did this one almost everywhere.
libre At this time, I'm going to have uh, Connie share. Connie. Connie. Well, Tia first. I meant to say Tia, so I was looking right at you. Tia, and then uh, Connie's going to be next. So the two of you are up, and the rest of you go ahead and have a seat, and we're going to do the chair, okay, right after this. Thank you, Byron, for letting me use your guitar. Um, there's a, the handheld right down there. Uh, Honduras. Honduras. Yeah. Hola, buenos dias. Buenos dias. There you go. It is on. It's the red. Hola, buenos dias. Hi, um, my name is Katya. Uh, for those who don't know me, um, I apologize for my voice in advance. <clears throat> got a little sick on the trip. So just, you know, disclaimer. Um, so I actually got to go to Honduras about a month and a half before Living Way arrived. Um, I feel like the Lord really placed it on my heart uh, earlier this year, and it was really tough. I uh, quit my job, and I really started fundraising to go and serve um, in Honduras. I believe that the Lord really put a calling on my heart to do photography and help around at Casa David and help with another um, ministry as well. Um, and it's so interesting because in that time, you know, like you really move in the calling and a lot of the times the Lord just really asks for obedience. So that's what I did. And so I left June 6th and um, I was like, man, I'm going to go and be like this really cool, like missionary photographer and be like so awesome and all these things I thought of. And then as I got there, I remember my first assignment was like, hey, you're actually going to go help clean in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, you know, and, you know, it, it was one of those things where I feel like the Lord was, like, really humbling me and remembering how to serve him, so, like, for the first about three weeks, I served um, literally cleaning in the kitchen, helping prepare meals, and also, like, helping clean the guest room, because Casa David um, is, like, our version of Ronald McDonald's uh, playhouse here in the States. So they house the patients themselves of the near hospital, or they house the family of the patients in Casa David. So it was a really interesting perspective for me. I feel like um, this the time I spent there and joining with the team was a reminder of, of serving. And as an encouragement to all of us, like, we can be in leadership roles in our workplace, um, at our church, or wherever you are, God has you. But there, you are never too far above or too 
Um, I don't know how to find the, I've lost half my English words too, so that's fun. Um, but just know that the Lord will, um, he will, he looks for obedience a lot of the times and he looks for you to serve him under his name. So you don't go out and do things to glorify yourself. And I genuinely think that's how my mindset was when I left. And I feel like the Lord really humbled me, um, in serving in the kitchen and just remembering that, you know, I'm not doing this mission trip to look like some cool, awesome missionary photographer. Like, though that, though that is something I am gifted with, it's not my whole purpose in life either. And so it was a really cool reminder to just remember how to serve and remember how to pray and pray intentionally and specifically. And I think that showed up a lot um, with the giving that people gave me, just the words of encouragement that was received and just the family that took me. And I'm so grateful. And so I'm just really excited to be home and to, like, you know, continue to share all of what God's doing and continue to serve, but to serve humbly under his name and not for the glory of myself. Okay, uh, Connie, you're next if you want to come on up. And uh, just so you, if, if you didn't, uh, if she, you know, if you didn't connect, she was there for two months. Uh, we were there for 10 days. She went early, and um, as the call of God moved on her to go early. So um, for her, uh, there were many nights of calling and talking and, and pushing through uh, spiritually and emotionally to, to make it that God did a work in her life. Connie, what happened with you in Honduras? Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so first of all, I just want to let y'all know that when I get nervous, I either cry or I laugh. So you've been warned. <laughs> All right, so let's get this started. Uh, so this is my second time going to Honduras, which was really exciting for me just because I got, I, I was really um, excited to see the people that I had formed with, uh, relationships with the first time. And so, and sure enough, I got to see them and uh, they remembered me. <laughs> I'm like, not much unchanged. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then so it was just really um, an awesome experience just getting to see them um, just love on us and love on others. And that's one thing that I really did love about um, Honduras is just the people do really love and they love well. And so um, and then also they just serve. They serve, um, you know, pretty consistently in their communities and in the church. And so it was, it's always inspiring me to see, uh, other, uh, believers that are, you know, being obedient in that and just serving and, um, and doing God's work. And of course that moves me and, and just watching them, um, being sir, like, watching them being devoted in their day-to-day -day life, whether it be in prayer or in their work, um, just kind of challenged me to look inside of myself and then also just look at my life and, and see the lack of faith in my prayer uh, for God's direction in my life. These people, they pray without ceasing for provision and for direction and God, uh, for God, from God in their daily life. And um, just looking at myself and not really um, having confidence in my prayer and just asking the Lord to direct me. Um, I feel like many times I feel pulled in many directions and just doubting my calling or questioning it. And, um, and then just knowing that I'm not pursuing God's plan for my life just because I'm afraid of the change or even just the risk of being uncomfortable and just 
um, it's definitely challenging for, it was challenging for me to just see that and know where I need to improve and where I need to grow in. And so that's one of the areas that I feel God was really speaking to me. And just, I know that looking back at my time there in Honduras, I'm going to be encouraged, uh, remembering all those people in Lepaterique and, and Tegucigalpa, just remembering their faith and remembering, um, their heart for the Lord and, um, and just seek, boldly seek God's will for my life and his plan. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, we're going we're gonna to do the chair skit. And let me explain a little bit about what we did when we went to the villages. Um, when we went in, we would do uh, music and uh, we would hang out with the kids and, and we, would, uh, we would have a all group kind of where the whole community that came out. We would do uh, music and, and instead of giving testimonies about the trip, every person in the group gave a testimony of their life with Jesus, uh, what their life was like before Jesus, how they met Jesus, and what their life was like after Jesus. And, and so every person gave their testimony at least once. Most of them gave it more than once, two or three times. And um, their uh, testimony was about Jesus, how they can meet Jesus, how you can know Jesus. And then we would do some dramas. Sometimes we did dramas with the big group. And, and then after we would break up, uh, after doing a few songs, some dramas, some testimonies, all the children would go outside where we would uh, participate in feeding them. We'd all feed them a meal. Most of those kids out there, they only eat uh, regularly once every few days or once every couple days. So they're very hungry, very polite. Uh, but, but very, very hungry. So we helped feed them and we would do a craft with them. We would do a salvation bracelet. It's a bracelet that has the colors that, that walk through the story of salvation about our problem with sin, the cross, forgiveness, growing in Christ and heaven. Uh, it was a bracelet of different colors that represented our walk with God. And, uh, and then we would uh, pray with them, do a lesson with them, and then we would uh, play with them and hang out with them and sometimes do another drama or play music and that kind of thing and, and, and participate. We didn't have much time in each village. Uh, There's uh, about 11 of them and we went to about eight of them and uh, the pastor uh, wanted us to go to as many of his villages as possible because they only get uh, visitors every now and then like us. Uh, maybe once a year or us. Sometimes they have like a, about, they get visitors about two or three times a year and they're usually small groups of a, a family or a couple. And so the, we're pretty unique to their experience. And this year we also went to a village that had never, ever, ever had a vet, had a guest, never, never had anybody visit them. And, and that was a, that was my favorite place. It was out in the mountains. It's when we were up on a hill and it was all wide open. It looked like it was going to rain on us. That was that village. So we're going to do a, one of the dramas that we had did, uh, that we did there, that we had done. And uh, it's called The Chair. See if you can figure out what it's about.
You know, if you, uh, if we have uh, some video, many of us took video of different locations, and each one of these dramas, we did about four of them, um, they, they translated different in the environments. Uh, some of them were outside and some of them were inside, some were in a, a larger tiled room, some were on concrete or in dirt, and uh, you never know what was gonna happen, uh, and they were a blast. So what this drama means is no tokar means don't touch, do not touch. And so the idea is that this chair represents uh, the things that God says to avoid and to stay away from, the things that God says are sin, that if we uh, get involved in them, they, they entrap us and they entangle us. We get stuck in them and we get trapped. And so what we tend to do, our sin nature, is we tend to avoid God's word or ignore God's word about things. And we, we get engaged or involved into things that, that ultimately begin to hurt us. And, and at first, we like to play it off like it's not a big deal, uh, but then we find ourselves trapped and stuck. And what we would talk through this uh, short dramas, and we would say, but we found out uh, through the scripture that says that if you will pray and ask God to forgive you of your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And as we pray, as you pray for those that you love, and as they begin to pray, they will be set free from the things that, that they're in bondage to, the things that they are stuck to, that entrap them and entangle them. And, uh, and uh, if you pray, if you pray right now, uh, God will forgive you and God will work in your life and he will set you free because that's the power of God uh, through Jesus Christ in us. So, uh, of course, the person set free, and then it ends with no tokar. Okay, and I think this chair is is has ended its life today. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to have another testimony. I'm going to have David come up and, and share at this time, and I'm going to have uh, Kundi next. Okay, so after David, let me tell you a little bit about uh, David. Um, he and Carol were an incredible blessing uh, to us. They were the only mature people in the group. <laughs> Uh, and so they kept us acting like grown well, a couple of us acting like grown-ups. Um, we had an opportunity to lead a, a training seminar for pastors and for the students. And it was a day where uh, we, uh, he and I, and Nicole spoke for uh, briefly as well. Um, most of the pastors in these villages, uh, they, they only have like a sixth grade education. And none of them have been to seminary. None of them been, uh, know how to really study the Bible, read the Bible. So it was a kind of a crash course on basic theology uh, to encourage them. And then while we were doing that, the students did a, a, a partial, almost an all-day event with the students doing games, activities, and, and teaching them verses and training them as well in the Lord. So, uh, David, just tell us a little bit about your experience. Hello, testing. There we go. So we were the we were the old folks trying to keep up with all the young folks, and I've I've said before to some people that uh, one of the prayers we have is Lord, uh, like David in the Psalms prayed, Lord, keep me like a green stick, keep me flexible, and uh, God was at work uh, with all these young folks and at a very fast pace to try to try to stay flexible with them. And uh, just so encouraged by the enthusiasm, even though sometimes it seemed like we were just dragging and stuff, but it, it's just encouraging to be with the team and, and to see their enthusiasm and their joy and, and how God was using them. Uh, Honduras uh, has, as I was saying to Pastor Ted at one point, there's just kind of 
a battle of two emotions that were there. One is whenever you go into a country and you see people that are in, in poverty and really struggling to even put meals on the table and, uh, and just struggling for existence. Uh, we were in the hospital and, and, and around pe people that are sick, babies particularly, young, young children that are, are sick and having parents there that are, have been there, some of them for months with their, with their children and, and, and uh, not really having uh, a lot of hope that they were going to be leaving soon. They had family. One of them had a, a boy back, a five-year-old back home who thought his mother had abandoned him because she was there in the hospital with her, her baby uh, for, at that point, I think, five months. And there didn't look like anything that was going to be resolving very quickly. And so you, you get that, that heaviness that, uh, as, Jesus, as we're told in the scriptures in Romans, that we are to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And so there's just that heaviness of emotion as you, as you see people struggling and you're, you're praying with them and praying hope uh, and, and, and Christ. And, um, and, and on the other side of that is as we were working with these people, uh, we were seeing their joy, even though they didn't have a lot and some very little, uh, there was still a joy there and, and that joy was infectious. And so you had these two emotions going on. And uh, so as I as kind of think back on Honduras, there's a couple of, of things that I just, uh, uh, just come to mind real quickly. One is that uh, Pastor Omar, uh, his, his mother, who had to be late 70s, early 80s, I think somewhere in that, she's known as the tractor um, because she goes out into these villages ahead of of others and and plows a a, a, a road or makes a road uh, into these villages and uh, and here here she is uh, in her probably in her early 80s uh, somewhere uh, joy of the Lord is just clearly there as you as you watch her and and uh, and she's going in the strength of the Lord and and what a what a a good reminder that you know it isn't how old you are. It's, it's what God can do when you yield yourself to him. And so just a, a great lesson in carrying on to the end and, and faithfulness and being encouraged. And then the other thing that, that uh, uh, comes to mind is when we would get to a church, they'd have all the kids lined up and usually in two rows and we'd walk between them. And, and I looked down at these little guys that would be looking up. I mean, some of them were pretty short and they, they, some of them were kind of a little bit afraid. They didn't know quite who you were. I mean, we're strange. Probably there's no many, any stranger than we are. But anyway, but I would reach down in some of them and, and, and touch their hands. And they just smile. Or put a, put, just acknowledge and put my, put my hand on their shoulder and smile at them. And they just smile right back. And, and uh, to see the anticipation and these kids just, you just wanted to pick them up and, and hug them. That's the grandfather part of me, right? Just wanted to sit right down there and just say, hey, uh, you're valuable to God. He loves you and, and, and that love, just let it pour through. Uh, and those were, those were some of the special times. But to be able to go into these hospital rooms, in fact, we went to the emergency room uh, and, and, and uh, brought sandwiches and coffee and, and had the opportunity to pray with people there. Never happened here in this country, but to be able to go in and, and be able to pray with people, to pray with the pastors, uh, pray with those in need was, are things that I will remember most of this trip.
You know, commenting on our experience uh, in Lepetarike, it was uh, villages, a lot of villages, and up and down through the mountains. And uh, just a couple of days after we left, um, one of the one of the boys in one of the villages that we went to was uh, riding his bike and um, down the the mountain there. And uh, he had had a, an, a, an accident. He wiped out, and um, he ended up dying that night. And um, you know the reality of the, the the harshness of their life and the the limited access to to medical care, emergency room. An emergency room, he would have been alive. Uh, he had had a concussion, and it wasn't until late at night that they realized that something was terribly bad. And by the time they were trying to get him an hour and a half to to Gusigapa to a hospital, uh, he had he had died. So. Um, the, the reality of their life, and then when you go to the hospital, it's like a time machine. I mean, you're, you're, you're literally in a hospital where all the windows are open, and you have a big room with uh, just beds lining the walls, and you could have someone over here who's got a severe burn, and someone here has got a severe uh, illness, a viral infection, and then someone over here who's got just out of surgery, and, and they're all in one big room, and the windows are open. There's flies and uh, people are, are, I mean, it's just, you can get sick from bed to bed. And uh, we, we were, we did have the opportunity to go to, to several floors, the pediatric floors and sing and pray and talk about Christ. And uh, so you saw some of that in the pictures. And, and like David said, we went to emergency rooms also. And so you see those big crowded rooms, the hospital's packed. And people come from all over Honduras to this hospital. It's kind of like Tegucigalpa's uh, Parkland. And um, so that place is packed shoulder to shoulder in the hallways. And when they don't have anywhere to stay, they cross the street to Casa David, which is uh, the place that we did a lot of ministry with. We did nightly devotions with those people, fed them uh, dinner and prayed with them. And, and then we, during the day, we would, when we were Tegu, we, uh, we, we repaired and fixed and painted and, and organized. So I'm gonna have Kundi come up and share a little bit about her experience. And um, a video really can't really tell you everything that we did, but we'll do our best. Here you go. Would you like me to ask you questions or do you have something you want to say? Um, I'm okay, go ahead. Hello? Feels weird talking on a mic. Okay, sorry. Hi. <laughs> sorry, guys. Anyway. So, um, this was my first uh, mission trip and it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. Don't know where to start. <laughs> So like going into this, I was, I was pretty excited but nervous at the same time. And like, but I guess when I got there, I feel like God really used me to like really connect with the children and everything. And just the people around there, like just everyone there. And um, I feel like also going into it, I was nervous about the language barrier because I don't speak any Spanish like whatsoever three years of Spanish from school like doesn't teach you anything so I was really nervous about that but like I knew there'd be translators and stuff but I was like okay I can't like use a translator every time like one-on-one -on -one, I guess but it was cool because even though we don't speak Spanish and they don't speak English you still get to like really connect with them and like you still like understand each other and I don't know I just found that like really powerful that God can use you like no matter your circumstance and um, what else? 
Yeah, like the hospital. Sorry, I'm not good with speaking. <laughs> um, the hospital was really like at first. I'm like I'm not used to like going into hospitals and stuff, and I don't know. It's kind of like gets me kind of queasy sometimes. But <laughs> I mean, it was really good. Like it was really awesome to see like God take me out of my comfort zone and. Actually, I was actually able to like, pray with them and, you know, put my hands on them and really just be engaged and stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. That's what I'd say about the hospital. <laughs> you know, I, I find that four things happen, uh, one of four, and sometimes all four things happen when you do mission work. So if you are uh, doing mission work, uh, one of four things or all four things happen. And the first thing is, uh, hold off until I finish these four things. <laughs> All right. The, the, four thing, <laughs> the four things are, is that you learn uh, trust, trusting. Trusting that God can get you there, first of all. That do, I, do I have the money to be able to get there? Uh, and when you get there, trusting that God will use you in spite of yourself or your lack of insecurity or what you feel like are, are your shortcomings. So trusting. The second thing is you learn serving. So if you're not used to serving people, uh, that might be a real stretch for you, a real challenge for you as you learn to serve others, to have a long day, to sacrifice your comfort and uh, to serve others and to care for others. The third thing that happens on mission work is you learn submitting, uh, submitting, submission. You learn to submit uh, to God's authority and to those that are the leaders in your group. Learning to, to when, like for instance, when I say, hey, you're up and you go, oh, I'm not ready. Well, I think you're ready. And so you get up and you do it. Learning to submit, learning to follow directions. And then the fourth thing is stretching. Is if you go on mission work, you learn to get out of your comfort zone. You, you go beyond what you feel like you're comfortable and able to do. So trusting, uh, serving, submitting, and stretching. And a lot of times when you go on mission trips, you get all four experiences. Some people get one or two, but many times you get all four. So I wanna encourage you to go to one. We did other dramas as well. We did uh, some that were, um, you know, more crazy and some were a little wild. And, and this one in particular was something like that where we would begin to talk about uh, what it means to give your life to Jesus and, and what it looked like. <laughs> To look like Jesus. Uh. Oh. <laughs> uh, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it. Wait, 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 what are you doing? We're chickens. You're chickens? What makes you think you're a chicken? <laughs> chickens with Febreze. Right. So you think you're a chicken because you act like chickens? Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Just because someone acts like a chicken, does that make them a chicken? Who said yes? <laughs> the answer is no. You guys ate chickens? Go, go on, go back. All right. So we'd have these uh, moments where we talked about what it meant to be like Jesus and things sometimes got a little crazy, a little wild in our group. And uh, you never knew what was gonna happen. And uh, we were, we uh, uh. <laughs> wait, 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 what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? My monkeys. <laughs> Your monkeys? 
What, what makes, uh, first of all, I, ain't got no, I, have, I don't have any bugs in my hair. You're gonna starve to death. What, what makes you think that you're monkeys? Because you like bananas. Because you like bananas. So let me ask you something. Just because you like bananas, does that make you a monkey? The answer is no, no, it does not make you a monkey. Go ahead and, you know, you guys need to sit down. You guys are loco. All right, so we uh, would explain to them that we uh, flew here from Dallas and that we were, uh, oh boy. Wait a minute, all right, what, what are you now? What are you doing now? Your airplanes? What makes you think you're an airplane? Because you flew here. So just because you were on an airplane, you think you're an airplane. Well, let me ask you a question. Just because someone is on an airplane and likes to fly, does that make them an airplane? The answer is no, it does not. All right, that's nice try, guys. So we would try to explain to people what it meant to give their life to Christ and what it meant to be a Christian. And we would take the time to kind of walk through the scriptures with the kids and with the adults. What are they doing now? All right, so what are, what are you doing now? We're Christians. You're Christians? <laughs> Is this what Christians look like? What makes you think you're a Christian? Because you go to church. Because you go to church? Well, let me ask you a question. Just because you go to church, does that make you a Christian? The answer is no, it doesn't make you a Christian. So let me tell you what it means to be a Christian. Thank you. And that was that. So let me, let me follow up with that. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Praying does not make you a Christian. Reading the Bible does not make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is trusting your life in the hands of Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. That if you believe that he died on a cross for you, for your sins, that you have a relationship with the Father once again by faith in that. And you can become a Christian today, not by uh, some mystical church attendance or because of uh, an organization or because of how you grew up. Nobody's, all, you know, I often ask people, how long you've been a Christian? And let's say my whole life. It's impossible. No one's born a Christian. You're actually born dead in sin. God didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And that's only found through Jesus Christ. So we would often take the time, and, and like I'd like to do right now, to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not about church. It's not about uh, how much knowledge you have. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. So um, before we go today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Now, what to keep in mind is that everything that we just did was done with a translator. There would be a female translator translating for summer, and there would be a, a male translator uh, translating for me. So everything was done, you know, we learned to communicate with and through a translator. I'm going to ask one of our guys to come up. Um, first one, Elijah, Justin, which one of you want to share this morning? Justin, Elijah, you're on the front row, so it's you. And uh, Justin, I may have you come up here too. So come on up here. This, now I want to, I was telling some people this morning, Elijah, yes, that going on a mission trip with a bunch of introverts is really hard. <laughs> You're an introvert. All right. And I tell you what, <laughs> these guys, every one of these young people 
shared their testimony in front of strangers. And so I am so proud of them, and they did such a great job. Yeah, let's, let's thank God for that. Okay. This, this is out of their comfort zone, right? This is a stretching. So tell us a little bit about your experience in Honduras, and then you're next. Mm. Would you like me to ask you questions? Or yeah, you just wanna... All right, well, you hold that. All right. So what part of the trip uh, did you enjoy the most? Mm. Uh, the village or the city? I think I enjoyed the village a lot more. With and, like, and why? With the kids. Mm-hmm. What part of, uh, of being with the kids did you enjoy? I just like making them smile and making them, them happy. Smile? What do you feel like was the biggest uh, challenge or stretch for you that took you out of your comfort zone while you were there? Mm. Uh, I think the hospital. Um, I don't, I mean, it's way different from like the U.S. and I don't like going to U.S. hospitals, but this one was, you could just tell the, the need that it, it needed, you know, and it just wasn't there and I just really, I think it pulled me. Mm-hmm. Would you want to do mission work again? Yeah. Yeah. Many times you'd shared that this was just a real challenge for you stepping out in faith. It was, it was harder than maybe you were expecting, uh, but did you enjoy all, uh, the experience? Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do you feel like God was maybe uh, challenging you uh, when you come home? What is it? Is you feel like maybe he's encouraging you to do something? Just um, act in faith every day. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, man, no, you're doing good. Is that it? Yeah. I'm... All right, man. Hey, you're doing great. Yeah. Thank you, Elijah. I tell you, it's pretty intimidating getting in front of people. You know, that's one of the, the great fears of, of uh, 80% of people have a fear of public speaking. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so it can be really, really heavy. So imagine doing that in front of people that don't speak your language. Fortunate thing is you have a translator that can fix everything before it gets to people. So you just get whatever comes out of their mouth today. So uh, Justin, tell us about your experience. Um. Or you just pull up the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> for me, I'm just, I'm, like he said, I'm not used to talking in front of people. I'm not comfortable with it either. I, I just hearing my voice and just like, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just going in front of everybody and for me it was hard because just trying to give my testimony, me as a person, like many of you know, I'm very emotional. I, uh, so I, I actually broke down giving my testimony the first time. And, you know, it, it was hard for me. You know, to me, I thought it was very embarrassing, but then I, I come off stage and talk to some of the people, and it was actually, it was not very embarrassing at all. I was, like, you know, way out of my comfort zone, and I just, when I, when I look at, back at it, is that um, I was, like, just so overwhelmed with, like, the feeling of God at that moment. It was like I thought I was crying because all, like, everything was getting up to me. But no, it was, I think it was just because the power of God was just, like, moving right through me. And that's what like, I think was supposed to happen. I was supposed to break down, kind of. <laughs> but um, later on, like, a Saturday, when I gave my testimony again in front of people, you know, I, I didn't break down. I actually got through my testimony 
which was like, wow. <laughs> so I, I, saw, I was afraid to give my testimony again. So I was like, wow, okay. So that was good. It went well. Next thing I know, Ted was like, hey, you want to share it again? I was like, mmm. <laughs> Let's give it a day or two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, like overall, it was an amazing experience. I, I would do it again. I, I love Honduras. Like, like the minute we touched down in DFW, I wanted to go back. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. So you might think that you're not uh, prepared to do mission work, that you're quiet or uh, reserved or an introvert. Well, so we're quite a few of the people on the team. And... Um, like I said, this is a great way to learn how to trust God, to, uh, to serve others, to, to learn about submitting to God's plan and will through the people in your life. And, and it stretches you and steps you out in faith. And part of my heart for mission work is twofold. Is number one, that you get a heart for missions and that you want to do this the rest of your life. And that you get a hunger to participate in mission work, either going or sending. And number two, uh, my heart, is that when you come back, you realize, wow, if I can do that there, if I can share my faith there, I can share my faith here. And if I can be bold there, I can be bold here. So it's a, it's a great training ground for our life as well as a life-impacting experience because you don't, I mean, you're giving yourself away, but you're receiving so much from the people, from the community and from God. It's just so powerful. And uh, I will tell you this, um, you know, we, we gave an opportunity every single time, uh, kids and adults to give their life to Christ. And, and we would often lead them, uh, encourage them to, to, to lead them in a prayer to know Christ. And and uh, we, we left the follow-up in the hands of the pastors and the churches and the, uh, the, uh, the staff at Casa David. And, and every place that we went, we had uh, hands raised. We had uh, many kids raise their hands. We had many adults raise their hands, uh, many of them for the first time, many of them for the first time that they meant it. And uh, we had prayed with many, many people. Uh, I don't know the numbers because we don't keep that kind of count, but everyone where we went. There were dozens of hands response with the kids and it's in the Lord's hand as to what was uh, fruit from us or fruit from there was a uh you know, sown in their lives before we got there. But we just, we know that there was a great harvest of, of lives changed and encouragement. And we are going to be going back again. So next time you hear the announcement, um, we would love for you to go. We'd love you for you to step out in faith and we would love for you to try it. This was the first time for something for me. And I'm going to end with this thought, and I want to pray for you guys, is that this was the first time that all four, uh, Nicole, Noel, and Summer, and myself, were all on a mission trip together. I've been on several trips with Summer and uh, several trips with Noel, and, and in the early days, several trips with Nicole, uh, but um, Nicole hadn't been on one in many, many years since our girls were, were uh, well, since Noel was a baby, uh, before Noel, uh, Summer, and uh, so this was a... a, a just cool to be able to, there was one night where uh, the three of us sang and, and Nicole shared and it was like, there's like the closest thing I'll ever probably get to a family ministry. <laughs> so it was, it was, I was digging it. It was cool. And uh, it was just a pleasure to be on a uh, mission with my family. Uh, um, so that was cool. So 
Uh, I'm going to have all our Honduras team to come up here and just kind of line up up there. Uh, we're going to close in prayer. And um, if you need prayer today, some of you guys can come over here. Um, we are going to just go ahead and close the service. And uh, we've kind of moved everything out of the way, so I don't think the band can make it back up here. Um, we are going to have the offering at this time. Uh, thank you for being faithful in your offering. We have rent to pay and we have bills to pay. And thank the Lord the summer's over. So uh, we'll all be back. Don't forget, next Sunday is two services, 9 and 1030. Nursery only at 9 a.m. Full kids program at 1030. Uh, let's pray for the offering. God, thank you for those that are faithful in their giving. It's because of their giving that we're able to go. It's because of the giving of those that are here that we're able to serve our community, that we're able to, uh, Lord, launch our, our coffee shop, which is in the process of being done soon. And a God that helps us to go to Honduras and helps us to be here every week. God, I pray that you'd inspire our people to be faithful, to be consistent, and to be generous, Lord. And God, if there's someone here who doesn't uh, uh, have this church as their home, I pray that God maybe may move it on their heart if they want to give to you, God, and multiply back into their life. This is good soil, this is good, good seed, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.